Hey, welcome to Crosswalk Church. Today, Pastor Dan is bringing you a teaching, so head over to crosswalkphoenix.com and find today's message under the worship tab. There you can download the Crosswalk notes to follow along. And now, here's Pastor Dan. As we consider this message, we think about the difference we want to make in our lives, and ultimately, we're going to talk about Jesus, the ultimate difference maker. But I think it's important for us to start today at, as we look at a day and an anniversary of something that made a difference in all of our lives. For those of you who are 15 years or younger, you won't remember this, but I think, and it's one of the questions in the growth group uh, questions, what do you remember about 9-11? And, and we have that, that first, I still remember being at a stoplight listening to a radio station as I was dropping my kids off at school. And they said, we don't know what's going on, but there's like this fire going on in New York. Something crazy's going on. You might want to tune in and take a look. And, and so that's what I did. And, and it was there that, that saw these images and, and saw the one tower on, on fire. And, and it was just one of hurting and, and bewilderment. And I was watching, I was watching with a, a pastor in training, we were sitting in my office in horror as the second plane hit. And I just, it was like disbelief that, my goodness, did, did you just see that? Did that just really happen? And then after that, as we were watching, and, and it went on and on, and then the towers fell. And that's when it was also that it was like, I cannot believe, I didn't know this was possible. And, and then to watch them go down, and then New York City was left in that haze of, of all the dust and debris, and so were we. So was our country. So was the world in which we live, that we were left a little bit, not a little bit, a lot bit numb. Life kind of, it stopped. It just stopped for a moment. And in my generation... I'm guessing that, that this day has made a difference more than any other day. For those who are older, they might say, you know what, there were days like that too, they, that they would remember maybe Pearl Harbor in that way, that they, a day that just made a difference. But on that day, that, that as we look at it, as we look back 15 years later, there's a couple things we can continue to do. One of them we're doing right now and that is remember. It is very important for you to remember this. Uh, and, and as you go back, the different things that were going, going on in your life and in your head and, and what it did to the world in which we live, we need to remember. We need to remember those who lost their lives, 2,996 souls, that, that those individuals, and it's not just the individuals who died that day, it's those then who died later as a result of getting all that dust and, and, and of the effects and the 6,000 plus that were injured. And we're also here because we want to pray too, don't we? That we want to pray to the Lord for healing for our country, healing for that city, healing for these families, and, and healing for our own hearts. And let's take time to do that now. Dear Lord, we look back 15 years ago to a day in which 
so many different emotions of sadness and hurt and pain as we remember. And these images, Lord, are, are a reminder of that, that horror and how a feeling of safety and security can be gone in a moment. Lord, at times like this, help us to turn to you as our Savior, uh, as, as the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the one person, the one, the God who has everything under control, because, Lord, it's a reminder that we don't. It's a reminder of how much we need you. And so, Lord, as we look back, help us even today to bring, as we said, healing to our world, to our country, to New York City, to the families who were uh, affected by this. And, and really, Lord, just bring healing in our world that comes through the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. We remember that day because it made a difference. But on that day, there were also difference makers. And, and some of the images we have, first of all, of, of the firemen, uh, the firemen who were there. And, and when we think of those public servants, 343 firefighters died on that day. 37 police officers who worked for the Port Authority, 23 New York police department uh, Policemen were, police officers were killed, and eight paramedics were part of those who died, specifically on that day. And as we know, there were others who died later from, from cancer, from lung disease, from everything, from all that that got into their system as a result. And it was at that time, and, and still it's amazing through today, that we think of the, the, the image that I believe is up there of the firemen uh, who 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 were there and, and stayed there, uh, kept vigil and, and continued to get out as they would try to find bodies in, in the ruin and, and in the wreckage. There were also policemen, the images in the dust of them trying to direct people, trying to help people who made it out and, and to bring calm uh, to that, that area. And so we, we recognize that. And at that time, I think more than any other before that in my life, that the NYPD or NYFD, that logo and, and those occupations uh, have almost become, well, iconic and heroic, so much so that I, I was on a trip this past summer in Italy and I was in the city of Rome and I saw a guy who had NYFD on his t-shirt and it made me feel good because it was like, okay, another American. So I went up to him and I said, all right, New York Fire Department. He didn't speak any English. He wasn't, he wasn't American. He, he, and he's like, no. He visited New York City. And in New York City, the, the symbol of New York City that he wanted, as I'm wearing my Italy t-shirt, by the way. <laughs> Anyways. That, that he had that t-shirt because it represented and it was an embodiment of what not only we as a, a country or that city, but it's the world, a, a symbol of the strength and the difference making that was done on that day. And so when we see that shield, it's one that still today, it, it sells because people want to be associated with that, with making a difference and a higher cause and, and something that affected so many lives. Today, as we begin the Difference Maker campaign, this is what we're talking about. 
That, that when we look at our lives, when people look at those individuals, those police officers, those uh, firemen, uh, those people who gave their lives, those people we consider heroes, uh, days like today when we remember those who are in armed forces, all of those people who, who protect us, all of these people who when there is danger and everyone else is running away, they run to it. They make a difference. That's what we're talking about is that how has God made us to make a difference in these situations? What does God have in mind for us in our lives? Now, as we begin, I'm going to assume that if you are like the majority of people, 85, 90%, depending on on how you look at the different numbers out there, that, that you would be among people who say, my life doesn't make a difference. That's how many people feel that way. They, they don't feel they are living up to their potential. They don't feel that they are making a difference. They don't believe that they are having a positive effect in the world. It's kind of a, a hopelessness. And, and one of the things that, that I wanted to do to start is for you to do a little probing. This is where the discomfort starts, people. And that is that if you feel that way, And I think, I have to believe you do, I feel that way definitely at times, maybe not all the time, but at times I do, that you need to do a little probing around in your heart to find out maybe what the problem is. And and this first part, we're going to try to to find that out. So first of all, we're going to start here. Uh, These three ways that meaning and joy can be taken out of service. These three things, and there's more, but these three seem like big ones to me, of why you might not feel like you are making a difference. Number one, this is huge, is that I am serving only out of necessity. I am serving out of a sense of obligation. And because of that, when you do what, it might be serving, it might be working. And, uh, and an example of this is when I was in uh, high school, for those who are in high school right now, if you have a job, that there's a reason why I had the job that I had. And that was because they were the only people who would hire me. And uh, I had to work to get money for school. That, that there was nothing about wanting to do this. Uh, and, and so there are people here today that, that they look at their occupation and, and the reason why they're doing it is because they have to put food on the table. And they aren't in a situation where they can just stop doing that job to go do something else where they can make a difference. So, so they're, they feel, and the word I would use is trapped. If you feel trapped doing the work that you are doing right now. Joy is taken away, and definitely a feeling that you are making a difference will go away as well. In the church, I'm just telling you, the church is the worst at this. I'm the worst at this. My daughter's here today, okay? I'm not going to look at you. Oh, now you know she's over there. Anyways. (laughs) During, during, 201 through 501. Today it starts. We have classes. The 201, 301, 401, 501 class system goes from 530 to 7 on Sunday nights. 
And there is one contributing factor that makes these classes a success more than any other. There's one big reason. And it's not because Pastor Jeff is teaching. It's not because I'm teaching. It's not because Phil is teaching. It's not because Jonathan is teaching. The one reason is we offer babysitting. That is, you, you, you might kind of laugh, but that is the number one reason because parents would say we can't come because we can't afford to get a babysitter. It's hard to get a babysitter on Sunday night. So being the dad that I am, who's also a pastor, I need you to babysit tonight. And what I do is I always ask nicely. And if no is the answer, then I tell I need someone to babysit tonight, and you've just been voluntold to do it. <laughs> and, and when that happens, the thing about it is that it's probably something that, you know, the, Tanya, the girls, it's not like they don't like kids, and they don't like watching them, or anything like that, but the second they're not given an option of saying no, I've put them in a trap. And I've put them in, in misery. So instead of being able to choose to help out and, and help the church in that way and, and make a difference with the parents who can now go and grow in their faith, now it's turned into a sentence that I have to carry out. It's the same way if, if you're in an area of ministry and no one else will do it, so I do it. You don't feel like you're making a difference because you don't get a choice not to do it. One other one, I was probably spending too much time, but this reminds me of, it was a defining moment in my life. I was a freshman, or first year at the seminary, and I was, had, had made the decision kind of to not continue to be a pastor. And the reason why is I felt trapped. I had gone to school for this my whole life. It was, I felt like definitely my parents wanted me to do it. It was my training, but, but I had this feeling like I was just being pushed pushed into it, and I just couldn't say no. And I remember one day changed it all. And it was a day that I went, and I, I didn't go to school that day. I drove down to where my brothers were, to their plumbing shop, and, and they could kind of sense something was going on. And on that day, my brother offered me a job. That he said, you know what, if you don't want to go to the seminary, I will start you out... Uh, somewhere around 50,000, something like that. I'm like, wow, that was blowing me away. I'm like, that's, that's some, especially when you're just going to school, that's like a lot of money. And he's like, yeah, we'll, we'll get you a fit, either in the shop or whatever it is, but right now I'm offering you a job. And that was the first day I ever felt like I got to choose to be a pastor, choose to prepare for the pastoral ministry. And my heart changed completely because I was no longer doing it out of a sense of necessity. So what I was doing didn't change, but my attitude towards it changed. Do you see yourself in that situation? Something you would probably do anyways, but the joy is taken away because you feel like you have to. The next one, serving only, and I, I wanna make sure the word only is highlighted, serving only for the money. This is serving, but this is also working because I consider the, the work that you do is serving others as well. Granted, there's payment involved or, or a way to pay your bills, but, but it's still a type of serving. If you are doing it only for the money, 
it's only a matter of time before you're miserable. That money will be able to buy you a number of good things, but, but when you get down to it and it's only about that, it's not going to happen. I've talked to individuals who are going to college. I talked to one specifically. All I want to do is get to the job that makes the most money, and if they pay me enough, I can be miserable as long as I have the money. That lasted like a year. And he's like, you can't pay me enough to do that job. I hate it. And then the next one is serving only for myself. That if you are serving or working and it's only about you all the time, what's going to happen is there's going to be times when people don't say thank you. There's going to be times where it's like hard and you're like, you're a little miserable. And because it's only about you, you're going to be given an opportunity to step away and say, you know what, I don't need this and your service will end. Poke around in your heart. Find out what it is about service that, that gets you down on it and why you might have an instant reaction negatively. Now, in our lesson, we're going to Mark 10, 35 to 37, and Jesus' disciples were kind of in the same boat. It says, Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him, came to Jesus, and said, Teacher, they said, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. There should be warning bells going off in your head right now. If, if uh, anyone comes up to you and says, will you do something for me? First of all, you usually say, what? But if they do, I want you to do whatever I ask you to do. That's easy. No. Next question. <laughs> and, and Jesus with this, you can see, they, it was, it's almost a way of telling them, we understand what we're about to ask is very selfish and self-centered, but we don't want to show our cards right away. So Jesus said, what do you want uh, me to do for you? He asked. They replied, let one of us sit at your right and the other at your left in your glory. Now, if you think these individuals are talking about being in heaven and Jesus sitting on the throne after he returns and takes all people to heaven, they're not. That is not what they're talking about at all. What they are talking about is an earthly kingdom. They think Jesus at this time is gathering support, that he's going to be in a situation where uh, he is going to be in a, a, a ruling type setting, and those who sit at the right and the left would be recognized as the most important people in the kingdom. So, so they are looking for the title of, I guess this would be, co-vice presidents or something like that or, or co-king uh, along with him. In the blank you can write, uh, James and John thought that having a position would allow them to be part of something bigger than themselves. Having a position This is also something you need to, to look out for, that as you look at your lives, that, that thinking, if I just get the promotion, then I will be happy. If I just get this title, if I'm just called the director or the manager, or if I'm just the boss, by virtue of that, that position, then I'll be happy. That's another lie. That, that those names, those titles, those positions mean nothing. Jesus pointed them to this when he said, you don't know what you are asking. First of all, he's like, you guys so don't get it right now that I'm not even going to get into it. 
Um, you'll figure this out someday, but I don't even have the time right now to explain it. But he did say, can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, you know what? You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with. But to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. Let's go to the blank right away. Being part of something bigger always involves sacrifice. Always involves sacrifice. And I want you to think right now of, of titles or things that, that, that you think would be really cool to be or, or when you hear that someone has a position or they have something that you're like, oh man, I would like to do that or I would like to have that. An example, if this, if this was the military, maybe uh, an army ranger or a navy seal or a green beret, that you'd be like, yeah, you watch a movie and you say, yeah, I'd like to do that. And be like, do you realize how hard that is? Do you realize how many like, crazy in-shape people try to do this and the mental and physical rigors of doing that? And, and then what happens is it, it lasts about that long of the movie and then it's over. Or watching the Olympics and saying, I'd like to win a gold medal. <laughs> do you understand how much time, yeah, I think of the, the gymnasts, how much time they put in the gym and then in the whole world one person wins it? You think they're handing those out? It always involves, and the things that give those things meaning, this is the point, the things that give those things meaning is the sacrifice. That is why they're so incredible and, and so awesome is because they represent all of that. But here's the deal, is when it comes to making a difference and serving, we're gonna get to that in a moment, for some reason in the life of a Christian, you think it should be easy. I think it should be easy. I think this should be something where, you know what, half hour a week I put in towards it and you know I, I should be able to change the world half hour a week, maybe an hour. No, that this is, the, the stuff that I'm talking about, the sacrifice involves hurt and hardship and tears and questioning whether it's worth it and going on when everyone else would back off. If you wanna make a difference, if you wanna make a difference, it, in that area in your life, probably you can already begin to identify what it is. And, and the key is that it's going to hurt more. That it's going to take more time, more energy. And here's the secret though, when you do that, that's where the joy is found. Because when you do it, it you, you stand back and you look at what it represents and you are thankful for that. We continue. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, you know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. One more way of talking about this with authority and, and exactly how this works, that it, it doesn't come from having these things being given to you and then being over people and bossing them around. If you think that's how you're going to make a difference and that's how you're going to change the world and that's going to change your life, you're going to be sadly disappointed your entire life. In the blank you can write, 
Being part of something bigger does not come from elevating self and lowering others. It's the opposite. It's lowering yourself and elevating others. And as I said before, with sacrifice, that's hard. It's incredibly hard. I might even say that without Christ in our lives and in our hearts, it is impossible. The next passage, Mark 10. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant, and whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. I'm going to read that again. Not so with you. Difference makers that are here today, I'm talking to you as difference makers. It's not going to come by getting in this high position where where you're the boss. Instead, whoever wants to become great, whoever wants to make a difference among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. In the blank, you can write, in God's kingdom, we don't claw our way to the top. We claw our way to the bottom. Don't claw our way to the top. We claw our way to the bottom. That's the way, by getting down in it, by, by getting into that sacrifice, that hurt. And, and just so you understand what we're talking about, we'll go to the next verse. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. This is why we call Jesus the ultimate difference maker, right? That we look at him as the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, sitting at the right hand of the Father. He has the titles. He has everything that, that as a world we would look at and say, that is what we want, power and authority and everything. But when he came into this world, where did he choose to be born? In a manger. Who came to see him? Lowly shepherds. Lived his life without his own home, with, without a place to lay his head. Service, service, going from one unwanted person in society to the next. Preaching messages to anyone who would listen, people of low standing. Jesus came to serve, and ultimately the way he served was to give his life as a ransom for you. In Jesus, we see perfectly how in God's economy we make a difference. Jesus made a difference in our lives by giving his life for ours, paying the price for sin. And that is why we we recognize Jesus as the greatest person, God-man, to ever live. The the passage that really captures that is Philippians 2, 5 to 11. This captures this whole concept as it relates to each and every one of us. In your relationship with one another, we're at Philippians 2, verse 5. In your relationship with one another... Have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. That's where we start. That when we start thinking about how we're going to deal with other people, think of Jesus first. Who, being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. 
Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness. The ultimate service of Jesus was becoming man, taking on human flesh for us to be our servant, to be our savior. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. In his service, willing to trade places with you, carrying your sin, being able to, to, for all the world to see, to be on the cross and, and recognized as somebody who should be humiliated, someone who should be ashamed. All of those things Jesus did for you and for me. And here's the, here's the part. As he made that difference, therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. As you humble yourself and you lower yourself, who is the one who will exalt you in time? God. That, that, That is why we call this plain to an audience of one. Not looking at things like the world does, wanting everyone to see, wanting credit, wanting money, wanting acknowledgement, whatever it is, but rather we do it out of thanks for what Christ has done for us. In the blank, you can write, Jesus' humble servant, excuse me, Jesus' humble service brought forgiveness to all people. Our service has meaning because it brings Jesus' love to all people. The difference we are going to make, the the something bigger than yourself, is the ministry, the gospel of Jesus Christ. What you have that the world needs is Jesus. And now how we do that, how we make a difference, is going to be as different and unique as the individuals who are sitting here in these chairs today. So what I'm going to do, uh, if, uh, did I give the last fill-in? Yeah, Jesus' humble service. Our service has meaning because it's connected to Jesus. What we're going to do for the next couple weeks is bring you some examples of that. So right now I'm going to uh, invite a couple difference makers from Crosswalk to come out here. Today, maybe, I think they're back there. They're here. All right. So let's give Liz and Amos Schrader a hand. Welcome them. How you guys doing? Let's talk into the mic to just say hi, Pastor. Hi, Pastor. Hey, Pastor. Okay, very good. So just wanted that as we look at this, these are people, fairly normal people, like you're fairly normal. And I'm just going to start with each one of you. Uh, They are not sisters. They are a mother-daughter, just in case you're wondering. Uh, First of all, what is your name? And where do you serve? I'll start with an easy one. Go ahead, Liz, you can start. Okay, I am Liz Trader, and uh, I am the manager of guest services. That's our greeter team, our cafe team, resource center, and usher team. So I serve the leaders of those teams. And Ava, what do you do? (laughs) I'm Ava Trader, and I'm the interim youth worship director. All right. Now, the next thing I have, and this would also be something that's kind of in, when you think of the the growth groups meeting this week, one of the questions is going to be, what about service brings you joy? So I'll start again with Liz. As you look at what you do with guest services, what brings you joy? 
Yeah, well, um, I think that there's a lot of joy in someone doing what they were designed to do. And I think that I'm designed to serve um, and serve something other than myself. Because that's what my sinful nature wants, is to serve myself, but that's not where joy is found. Um, you liken it to, okay, something designed to do what it's supposed to do. I think of my truck. I've got a big truck because I've got a big family. And it's really pretty silly when I'm the only one in it, driving around, can't use the hub lane even. You know, but once I have my husband with me and the five kids, all of a sudden it's doing what it was designed to do. So there's joy in that. All right. Ava? Uh, for me, the greatest joy is when a kid comes into youth and you can tell that they were dragged here. They are just like, ugh, it's early, it's, I don't want to be here. And then that transition in their face when the music kicks in and they begin to realize that God loves them and that he wants them to be there that morning and they just, that shift over and you can see them smiling at the end and they're like, I can't wait to come back. So that's the best. That is awesome. All right, and one other one. How does serving make you part of something bigger? That, that's what this is, something bigger. How does serving make you part of something bigger? This. Yeah, well, you already talked about um, being part of Jesus' ministry, being part of the Great Commission, you know, going and making disciples of all nations. Um, you know, and you think, I get to be a part of that by coming and serving. Um, it might be cutting a donut, it might be shaking a hand, it might be just giving a smile to someone, but that sets the stage for them to come and listen and worship and hear the message. Um, you know, if you're the body of Christ, I see guest services like the smile on the face, right? And, and it's not the most important, but it sets the stage. The church researchers tell us that in the first seven minutes, people have decided already if they're coming back. So that's before they've gotten to worship. That's before they've heard a message. So, so if we can just be part of that, that's being part of something major. So if someone does not come back, it's your fault, not my fault. That's what I just heard. Exactly. <laughs> all of these people came back, so I guess they, they all, well done. And Ava. Uh, the question, how does it make you part of something bigger? I'm sorry, yeah. How does serving make you part of something bigger? Because um, I think worship is just so much not about you. Because it's, you may be leading worship up on the stage and you're singing, but it's everyone all together saying, this is the time and the energy that I'm dedicating to God to praise him. And that you're all just kind of doing it together. And so it's not about you at all. And if I can just add to that. So Ava is a, a freshman at Arizona Lutheran Academy, and they have these service hours, and you can get um, over and above service hours. And we'll be honest with you. <laughs> and, and they always are like, yeah, you know, it'll look really great on your college transcripts, and everyone will want to want to get you to their school. And it's like, sure, transcripts, but it'll look good on my heart. <laughs> like, it's, it's not mm -hmm. about just putting it down and saying, this is something I do, it's because... And also, God, God gives back and it gives you a lot of joy to, to serve. Awesome. I want to thank you guys for coming up here today. Uh, we can give them a hand. Thank you so much. And, and I'll let you, yeah, go, go ahead. You guys can give the mics back. And, you know, to do this is a little bit hard. And one of the reasons why we we're doing this is just show normal people, like, like the traders, are, are making a difference. And so can you. Now, the, the last thing I'm going to leave with you is I'm going to ask you to get this out, and this was in your program. I didn't mention it first. I wanted to save it to, to last. 
This is, the, this is both a window, this is a window and a doorway. First of all, it is a window. And, and what, it, what you have the opportunity to do over the next four weeks, uh, just so you know, fill one of these out, but only fill one out in the next four weeks. They're going to be in the program for four weeks. Now, first of all, it's a window. Because up here, what we have on the top is, I am a difference maker. And it's a way that we're, you're giving us a little window into how you are serving already in, in your lives. As I look out here today, I know a number of you serve at Crosswalk, and, and you can write that there. But I also know that there are a number of people that I know who are involved in Little League, who are on the board for Little League, who are uh, involved here with community service, Levine Community Council, things like that. Just so we're clear when we're talking about making a difference, it's not one thing you do, it's everything you do, okay? So, so we're, it helps us get a window into the change we're making in Levine. The second part, though, is the doorway. And that's for someone who's like, you know what, I just don't feel like I, I'm plugged in where I want to be. And, and the opportunity for you to do there is to sign that. You can put these in the uh, offering plate as it comes around. Do not put them in this envelope, please, but leave them separate because they go to separate people. Uh, but that, you, that as you fill this out, this lets, you, uh, lets us know, you know what, I'm looking for a place where, we can, where I can get plugged in. Now, if you are someone today today who is like, you know what, I want to take a next step today. What we are doing after the service in the choir room, which is as you walk out down past the donuts, uh, take the left, that's my reference point on the patio or the donuts, but anyways, the, the coffee, uh, that you will have an opportunity to go through a conversation with, we call them screeners, but really they're people who are just going to have a conversation about maybe where you would like to serve and how you would like to serve. Just talk to them about what your interests are and they will help you uh, get plugged in in a place that will make a difference in your heart and life. Not out of necessity or anything like that, but choosing to, to say, you know what, this is a place that's on my heart that I would like to make a difference. For those of you who are already involved in service, uh, at some point, if you would like to have that conversation as well to move to a different place, you're welcome to do that. But one thing we ask you to do if you're already serving is next Sunday, there is going to be a volunteer orientation uh, right after the service from 1020 to 1050. There's also going to be one then the first week of October. There's going to be three of them, and we ask you to consider going to one of them. Uh, all three are going to be the same. So that as we look at this, this is where it gets uncomfortable for you because I'm asking you to do something and, and to start to consider this. If you're not ready today, don't fill it out today. But take it home with you then. On the back, you will see just a few of the different jobs that are there. At the top, you will see there are those that are Sunday morning. There are others that are midweek. There are those who are behind the scenes, so you won't have to deal with people, and others that, that deal with uh, people all the time. I'll let you look through those. You don't have to make a decision today, but just different places where you can make a difference. All right. Thank you. This is the start of the Difference Maker 
continue to come back as we look at having this meaningful service that makes a difference in your lives and an eternal difference in the lives of others. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the gift that you have given us in Jesus Christ and the difference he has made for us for an eternity. Thank you for the forgiveness of sins he gives to each and every one of us. Now, Lord, help us to take a next step, a next step of service, recognizing that that as we serve you, it is so worth it, Lord, and that as we do that, it truly does make a difference in the world in which we live. And it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. So before we close, if you would like more information about Crosswalk or to listen to other messages, head over to crosswalkphoenix.com or come and see us. Services are held at Cesar Chavez High School at 41st Avenue and Baseline on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. Visit our website for directions. And now some closing thoughts from Pastor Dan. Today we took time to remember a day that made a difference 15 years ago. But what we also do is we remember a day that took place 2,000 years ago when, when Jesus died on the cross, three days later when he rose from the dead. And that's the day that makes an eternal difference for each and every one of us. That is the something bigger that you are part of. And it's my prayer for you that you develop the gifts that God has given you so you are part of that and continue to make a difference. And as you go, go with the Lord's blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace. Amen.